Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Welcome to another episode of Light the Fight Patreon. You guys, I appreciate your support. As always, thank you for being a special member of Light the Fight. In fact, you're so special, you're spending your hard-earned cash to support what I'm doing here on the podcast, so it really means a lot to me. And I apologize for last week not producing um, a Light the Fight Patreon episode for you guys, so I owe you guys an extra episode. As you can tell, I'm still trying to recover um, the other episodes, I, I record them sometimes earlier and can them, so I had some episodes that I could use, but for you guys, I try to be fresh and um, current, and sometimes it backfires like it did the last couple of weeks when I was really sick, so I apologize again, but thank you for your patience. I promise you, I'm going to be posting this episode on Patreon. I'm also going to be using this episode to post for Light the Fight this week, and um, later on this week, I'll be doing another Patreon episode, so stay tuned for that. Probably about two or three days, and I'll get that out to you guys. So without further ado, though, today's episode is an episode that I've done in, or I haven't done in about two or three years, at least a topic. And the topic is holiday get-togethers, family parties, specifically with the assumption that some of you may have families, or at least certain family members at family Christmas parties or whatever holiday that you celebrate during this time of year, holiday parties in general, there may be people at those holiday parties that you're related to, that you're related to someone who's married to them, or they have their kids or their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it may be, that you might not love. You may tolerate them. You may have, in fact, this might be the only time you see them throughout this year. In my years of working with families, the holidays have always brought up a lot of different challenges for families. One of the biggest challenges I'll do on another podcast episode, not today, but a different one. One of those episodes or one of those issues are losing loved ones and the grief and challenge it is uh, during the holidays because obviously you're going to miss people more during a time where you're supposed to be happier, but you don't always get to have your favorite people in your life with you currently if they've passed away. So grief and struggling that way during the holidays is, is a big challenge during the holidays. Another big challenge, though, is people that are alive that you wish were dead. Just kidding. I don't mean that. However, um, maybe dead. Obviously, that's a joke, a little too strong. There are going to be some people sometimes, for many of the listeners, that just wish that they didn't have to see that person. Or maybe you don't hate the person, you just hate the way they always tend to bring up topics and subjects at the holiday party that you would rather not get into, not dive into. Or let's say you, you thought everything was going to be fine and you go into a holiday party this year and some stuff gets uncomfortable and awkward. How do you handle those situations? Well, that's what today's episode is going to be about. In the experience of working with families, one thing I know for a fact is that there ain't no drama like family drama. As one of my clients famously said one time, said, you can't divorce your family. I've tried. She was not joking. And I don't know if she actually tried to divorce them, but she tried to get away from her family many, many times. 
But, you know, it's complicated with family. They're your family. You love them. You hate them. Sometimes you love them from a distance more often, but not during the holidays. You're, you're able to avoid them as easy, or you're not able to avoid them as easy during the holidays. So I'm going to have a little advice, some suggestions for you guys on today's episode about how to deal with family drama, how to deal with people that you really don't want to spend a lot of time with. However, you're at the party, you're there, and if they bring up conversations, if they go down certain rabbit holes, how to handle those situations so that you don't come out of character and get into arguments with them, you don't uh, create any drama, or you don't get sucked into the drama that they might be presenting. So let me give you one scenario. One scenario for family drama that can happen is gift giving, white elephants, um, discussing the rules of certain uh, family traditions or how they should be ran or how they should be how they should be handled. So in my wife's family, we had a get together last night. Um, it was white elephant um, gift exchange, and we were talking about things for next Christmas year, and if we wanted to continue certain traditions or not. Now, some people, when it comes to giving family gifts, they would like to buy gifts and they don't mind buying gifts. In fact, they don't mind spending a lot of money. Other people don't want to spend a lot of money or just simply don't have a lot of money to spend. It's not always cool or it's not always comfortable to admit that you are lacking in the money category or if you just flat out just don't really want to spend money on gifts for family members that... You know, you just, it's not really that personal. It's really that, not that meaningful. And it doesn't really have the spirit of the holidays the way you'd like it, like them to. So I'm going to give you guys an example of what we decided with my wife's family last night that could be a great suggestion on how to diffuse some of those back and forth arguments, discussions about what to do for the holidays. Now, this would be for next year. Um, some of you might have enough time to pull this off this year if you guys are trying to decide something to do. But this is called a secret Santa letter. So in the discussion, um, my wife's family, they typically would do um, a drawing and they decide um, in the drawing, you pick someone's name and whoever's name you got, you bought them a gift and the gift isn't supposed to exceed $50. Then they do a white elephant gift exchange. Now, in past years, the white elephant gift exchange was more like gag gifts and every year it seemed to be that it was the same gag gifts. They started to become more petty and just kind of meaningless. And it got to the point where people are like feeling, and this is what people said, they're feeling, you know, like we're just doing these gift exchanges, but these aren't good gifts. These are kind of like nobody wanted them. There'd be like one in there that had a couple cool things. And the other ones were just totally just, you're not going to do anything except for keep them and then give them to someone else last year like or next year. Like old underwear, there's this one jar of like fermented peanuts that just look gross and they'd pass them around. Uh, uh, one of my, uh, <laughs> it was funny, my, my brother-in-law, he made a, a breath. So he shaved his beard and made a wreath out of it. Haha, <laughs> funny. It was I thought it was funny. But if that's the only gift, after a while I think it lost its humor. So this year they decided to do gifts that were about $25 or under. We did the white elephant gift exchange, and then after it, um, people had a chance to change or swap. It went pretty quickly. went pretty smoothly. It was fun, totally fine. But then they decided, or they were wondering, what are we going to do for next year? Because some people were feeling that, you know, doing a personal gift or doing a gift card wasn't personal enough. Buying someone a gift that they go, oh, thank you, appreciate it. It wasn't really that personal, whether it's a gift card or just like a T-shirt or a sweater or something. 
So last year we said, hey, let's take each other out to dinner. Let's get couples together and let's let's take each other out to dinner sometime throughout the year. And that's going to be our gift exchange. Well, like a lot of families do, we got busy. All of our families got busy. I think only one person took someone out for dinner and spent money on them uh, to, to take them to dinner. So that one fell flat, fell short. So there's a lot of different ideas that went around. Fortunately, I was able to recall something that a family did that had, I didn't tell them this part, but this family had lost a child in the past and I was counseling them. And they felt that during the holidays, it didn't really have the holiday spirit, but people getting presents and just buying random presents for people didn't have the holiday spirit. But because of the loss of the child, they, um, they didn't really have the energy to do big elaborate like 12 days of Christmases for each other and those big things. So they came up, I don't know if they found this on Pinterest, I don't know where they found this idea from, but they called it um, Secret uh, secret Santa Letters. So what they did was they did a drawing, and in the drawing you picked a person's name that was in the family. You wrote a letter, and it was just, you know, just like on just a regular, uh, now they typed it out or did it in uh, like on a laptop, right? So an email form. They created a letter so that you can tell who wrote it, and the letter was supposed to be focused on what are some things about that person that you observe, that you admire, that you appreciate, that you like, something that makes them unique and special and and maybe even like, you know, really heartfelt emotions and feelings for that person. That was the goal was to really make it personal and heartfelt, but you didn't know who it came from. So everybody printed out their letters of this family. Then when they had a family get together and Christmas party, um, they passed out the letters to the person and each person got a letter and they said when they read these letters, it really brought a lot of emotion, a lot of feeling. It really made them feel really good. Now, this family, they had, they had done this on a family Christmas party. And then on actual Christmas Day, they decided to text the person and say, hey, by the way, I was your secret Santa. So you found on a Christmas Day, who wrote you the letter? Many of them said that they were shocked. They were surprised. By the way, when I was counseling this family, one person came up with this idea during a family session. We all discussed it. They all agreed upon it. Then they told me after the holidays how amazing it went, how much it brought them closer together, but it didn't take a lot of time and effort. Now, one person of the family was assigned as the constant reminder. So instead of doing a group text, this was very important. Instead of doing a group text like, hey, don't forget to send out your personal secret Santa letters. Don't forget to send out your personal secret Santa letters. And then people are like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do it. That person individually texted everyone and said, hey, um, don't forget to send out your to write your secret Santa letters and print them out for the party. We're gonna have to be get, we're gonna be giving them out at the party. We're gonna shuffle them and just give them out. It worked amazing. They talked to me about it in our next family session later on in the month of January. They felt that they're gonna make this a family tradition. So I brought this up to my wife's family. They thought it was a really good compromise because you know people are going through tif- difficult financial situations and not everybody had enough money to buy a lot of gifts because not only did they have to buy a gift for a family member, but they all said to pay for their kids to buy a gift for one of the nieces and nephews, one of their cousins. So after you know a couple different presents for some people is getting up to like $150. So to save money and to make it more of a holiday spirit, they decided uh, to do secret Santas um, for next year. We're not starting it this year. So that's one suggestion I want to give to you guys. Secret Santa letters. Um, you, you could do the letters where you give them out on Christmas. And when you give them out on Christmas, so because some of you may have already had your family pr- Uh, Christmas parties, you give them out on Christmas, and then on New Year's Day, then you text the person, say, hey, I was your secret Santa letter. Have one person be in charge 
of messaging everybody, letting them know, don't forget to write the letter, bring it to Christmas Day or your Christmas party, and also don't forget to text people on New Year's Day, I was your secret Santa, um, or giving you your secret Santa letter. That is something that you can do as a solution to... Sometimes people bicker and they argue and they fight over things that are really supposed to be holiday spirit based. So that is a solution for one of those scenarios. Now, the other the other problem I want to present. So, I mean, that is a problem. And so that's a solution for one of those problems. If your family's bickering and can't decide on what to do to make the holiday special or important. So that's one thing. Another scenario, if you have a holiday party and there's people there at the holiday party, whether you're related to them or they're married or dating someone you're related to, or there's some drama within the kids fighting and arguing, I want you to go into the party knowing that you should have realistic expectations of the people that are going to be at the party. So for example, tell yourself, tell your partner before you go to the party, if there's a family member that brings up controversial issues, that brings up um, political debates or issues, Instead of calling them out in person, instead of telling them that uh, their viewpoints, their opinions are inappropriate or something you don't agree with or not dinner table discussions, instead of doing that, you should do this next thing privately. So, for example, if you have an an aunt or an uncle that likes to bring up politics and they bring it up assuming that everybody in the room shares their same political beliefs or thoughts and understanding. Instead of getting into an argument back and forth about it, what I'd prefer you do is I prefer you go up to that particular person, so that uncle, that aunt, and just tell them a compliment up front. Now, this is a Jedi mind trick, okay? So this compliment is a tool I've given you guys before on my podcast called Connection Before Concern. So if you have a, again, this is just an example, a politically driven person likes to talk about politics. You go up to that person and you give them a compliment to make that person believe that they're part of the family having a good um, holiday spirit as opposed to calling them out for being the problem of ruining the holiday spirit. See, everyone in their own right believes that they are a solution, that they have solutions, and that they're not the problem, that other people are the problem. So this is a little Jedi mind trick. And so what you do is you go up to that person. Let's say it's Uncle Joe. Sorry if your name is Joe and if you're an uncle. So before the party starts or right when the party's starting, go up to him and say, hey, Uncle Joe, can I talk to you for a second? Say, yeah. And he'll say, yeah. Say, come here. Pull Uncle Joe aside and say, Uncle Joe, I just want to tell you, man, I really appreciate all your wisdom and all your knowledge and you know in past Christmas parties I know that there's times that that um, things got a little heated discussion stuff like that because not everybody you know understands and shares the you know the, the same beliefs whether you know it be about politics whatever but I was wondering if um, if you could help me out with something I says what well since you know so much about politics and since you know so much about all these different types of things, I, I know some other people here don't know as much as you do, Uncle Joe. And so they have a hard time like having a good debate and a good discussion on those things. And my concern is that some of them want to start an argument or pick a fight with you, Uncle Joe, because you know more than they do. So I was wondering if you could do me this favor. 
this holiday season, if someone starts to talk about politics and stuff like that, just kind of sit back and you know, just just lay low and let them have their opinions and let them say whatever they want to say because obviously a lot of people are uneducated and a lot of people don't understand politics as much as you do. Because the last thing I want you to do is have to put them in check and have to correct them because you know how it is with politics. You can't convince someone that their beliefs are wrong or that what they're thinking is inaccurate. Sometimes it's best just let it go and let it slide because, you know, wise people often, you know, don't comment on people's lack of wisdom. They just kind of smile and just kind of let it go. So that really helped me out a lot because I know some people here are kind of keyed up about the elections, the midterms, all those things coming on, you know, happening. And the last thing we want to do is create a holiday Christmas party into a political debate. So I know you're 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 the one that could really help out with that. So if people start talking about politics stuff like that, you know, I, I it really do me a great favor if you could just kind of you know just kind of you know just allow them to have their discussions because you know they they just don't understand it as well as you do, Uncle Joe. Now some of you listening to this may think, well, that's lying. Well, that's not accurate. That's not true. If he's the person starting those issues, he's the person creating the drama and creating the confrontation, then why would I go and lie and placate him like that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because if you don't, there's a good chance of things getting out of hand. And it's a whole lot harder to stop an argument and a confrontation once it already gets started. If you give a compliment to someone for being a peacemaker, they're more likely to show grace and to create peace. If you were to tell Uncle Joe, hey, listen, Uncle Joe, you know, can you do me a favor and don't start politic conversations because it just starts into a fight and everybody starts getting into drama and stuff like that. And it's just going to ruin the whole entire Christmas spirit. That would be easier. That'd be quicker. But if Uncle Joe is the type of person that always creates those types of conversations, then there's a good chance that they like the confrontation that they get a high off of it. They feed off of it. And some people, trust me, they do. They love to debate. They love confrontation. And I'm really giving the suggestion to you, the person who's throwing the party. If you're the person throwing the party and you're the host, you have the right to go to someone and ask them to help you set the table, clean the dishes, uh, go um, check on the kids and make sure they're okay. That's part of the host job. Not, it's not just the host job to, um, to tell everybody, do you like the food? You know, to you know, make sure everybody's doing okay and their, their, their glass is filled with, with drinks and if they got enough food. It's also the host job to guide and direct people so that they can be a part of helping out. In fact, most people that come to holiday parties are going to say, hey, how can I help out? And so you say, oh, well, great, you could do this. Well, when Uncle Joe says, how can I help out? When you see Uncle Joe coming in and you say, you know what, I'm going to give everyone an assignment. Could you help out with dishes? Could you help out with this? Hey, Uncle Joe, I got a special assignment that you could help me out with that I know you're the only one that can help out with this. And you go to Uncle Joe and you said, on the, on the low, in the past, we've had arguments and fights, stuff like that. It's really killed the holiday spirit. Could you do me a favor? Could you help be uh, the, the ministry of peace or the director of peace at this holiday party? If you assign Uncle Joe, the person who's normally confrontational, to be the minister of peace and uncle Joe's really like, you know, in his ego and thinks like, well, yeah, I'd be happy to start, you know, and be happy to be peaceful and, and, and lead that discussion. Then that's great. But if uncle Joe is savvy, he may look at you and go, are you having me be the minister of peace? Because 
you're worried that I'm going to start a political debate or confrontation, then you can say, Uncle Joe, you would never argue and debate with people like that. I'm saying that because you're so good at debating, because you're so good at arguing, I wouldn't want you to just win all the time. Instead, nobody loses and nobody wins if we don't even have the conversation. Wink, wink. Uncle Joe, if he's savvy and he's smart, he knows that you went about it in a very polite, nice way of saying, hey, listen, you could really be of help to making this party go smooth. Now, you can take that example in lots of different ways. You may also be listening to this and say, you don't feel you have the courage. You don't feel like you could articulate that. You don't feel like, um, you may not even think this advice is good advice. What do I know? I've only been talking to families for 23 years, only specializing in paying my bills and my mortgage off of helping families de-escalate family drama. So you don't have to listen to what I have to say. However, I think it's a lot better to give someone the assignments of being the minister of peace, the director of no confrontation, as opposed to calling someone out while they're being rude, while they're being disrespectful, or just sitting back and watching it happen and just wishing that the party was hosted at someone else's house. So you guys, I will leave you with that. Now, if you haven't had your family party yet, and this is a family get-together, and this is a family that you know it's going to be impossible for you to be able to show up to this family get-together without there being drama, without there being any issue, do not go back and forth waiting and waiting and waiting only to the last minute to say that you cannot show up because you're sick or um, that something happened. Do it right away. So, for example, if you have a family get-together this Friday, don't wait till Friday morning to tell them on Friday night that you can't be there. Tell them Thursday or Wednesday. Say, listen, looks like uh, one of us come down with a cold, got a flu, flu-type symptoms. We will not be able to, doesn't look good that we'll be able to attend the party. However, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. The, the hors d'oeuvre, the appetizer, whatever we're supposed to bring, um, I can have that dropped off. Or maybe um, my one spouse can't show up, but I can show up. Or my one kid can't show up that just so happens to lot, not like one of your kids. I know everybody wants to be together and happy as a family for the holidays. But let's have realistic expectations, you guys. Forcing our partners, forcing some of our kids. Kids are a little bit different, right? They should want to go there and hang out with their cousin. But forcing our partners, forcing ourselves to show up to a family get-together simply because we feel obligated and we have to doesn't mean that your desire to be a good family member is going to pay off in the long run. If you've weighed the odds and the chances are it's going to be really bad or it's very likely that things are going to go bad because maybe you're not in a good place in your life, maybe someone else is in a bad place in your life, I'm giving you permission to take a pass on this year's family get-together. Live to have another family get together. Don't show up if you're not if you're not in a good place. Or if there's family drama going on and your other family members that you just do not want to be a part of or maybe your partner doesn't want to be a part of, give yourself a pass. You can feel bad for not going and you could also get much needed rest and recoup, recoup some of your energy because let's face it, a lot of us out there are in a hard time in our lives. If you're in a hard time of your lives, and your spouse saying, you have to go, you have to go, send them this podcast. 
I said him, but send whoever this person in the podcast is and say, listen, this therapist is saying, I'm not trying to get out of all of our family get-togethers, but right now in this situation, can I please take a pass? I always tell my couples that I work with, allow each other one pass through the holidays. So from Thanksgiving to New Year's, there's many family get-togethers and there's many friend get-togethers. Allow each other in your partnership, whether you're married, dating, whatever, allow each other one, allow you guys one pass. Now, if you say, well, I don't know if I can go and you're holding off, holding off, and then you drop this on your partner the day of, they're going to be more upset, more angry at you. It's going to cause problems in your own relationship, even if your partner agrees. Sometimes when I do this with families and couples, like for example, this one husband said, I don't want to go to my family party either, but if I got to go, you got to go too. Well, his wife had issues with his sister, big issues. In fact, it was issues that just came up this year and they were talking to me about it. I said, listen, I know you don't want to go there alone, but I think you should give your wife a pass this year because if they show up this year, let it just breathe for a year. Just wait till next year. It'll probably calm down. There'll probably be something else happen. It'll probably be forgotten. But to make your wife go this year, I don't think is the right move. So he agreed. He's like, okay, well, I guess this is better. We decide this now instead of at the last minute. He didn't like it, but he realized there was valid reasons for his wife not wanting to go. And it was stressing her out and causing her anxiety. I said, make the decision. If you don't make the decision ahead of time, you wait till the last day. It's going to cause problems in your relationship. And it's going to look like a piss poor excuse for you not showing up. If it's last minute, do not do it last minute, plant the seed, tell him as long as, as, as soon as possible, a couple days at least, that you're probably not going to show up. That way, when you don't show up, you still bring the hors d'oeuvre, you still bring whatever it is, or they had plenty in uh, plenty time to know not to expect you, so they don't buy as much food. And you know, because other people are going to bring more food, and sometimes people are just looking for excuses to be angry. So if you wait to the last minute and don't show up, it gives them reason to gossip about you. I've had families tell me, "I'm just going to go because if I don't go, they'll be talking trash about me, and I'd rather them not talk trash about me." Well, if you tell them you're not going to go and give them plenty of reason, I mean, plenty of time ahead of it, it gives them less reason to think that you didn't go because of them and that you didn't go for some fake excuse. It makes your excuse a little bit more um, realistic and, and less of a lie. Now, it could be a flat out lie, but you want to live to have a longer family relationship instead of stress yourself out this holidays at this particular time if you don't feel like you're capable of it. So I'll leave that up to you guys, but those are three scenarios, three situations to have the holidays be a little bit more happy and to bring the holiday spirit instead of bringing the holiday bah humbugs and create more stress in your lives. Thank you as always, you guys, for supporting us here on Patreon. And since we are posting this on um, the regular Light the Fight podcast, those of you guys who are listening on Light the Fight podcast, if you want extra episodes on um, or through me, through Light the Fight, join our Patreon. It's $5 a month. Go to www.patreon.com backslash Light the Fight. And all the information uh, how to sign up will be there. And we have over, gosh, well over a year, year and a half now of episodes. That you can go back and back catalog and watch those as well and binge on those. So thank you guys. And as always, thank you for helping us to light the fight.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.